Welcome to Talking Business Now. I'm your host, Kelly Scanlon. Thank you for joining us. Our guest today is Mickey Williams, CSP, Hall of Fame speaker and TEDx speaker. She was chosen as one of the best speakers in the country by Meetings and Convention Magazine, along with some folks you've probably heard of, Tony Robbins, Bill Gates, Rudy Giuliani, Lou Holtz, Zig Ziglar, and Jay Leno. An award-winning speaker for Vistage International, the world's leading executive organization, and master chair of two of their peer advisory boards in Chicago, Mickey is a global celebrity speaker, transformational storyteller, and sought-after executive speech coach. She's the creator of Speaker School, Keynote Camp, and the Mickey Mouth Club. Mickey has spoken in every U.S. state, every Canadian province, and every continent except Antarctica, where she can't wear her stilettos. Mickey has a unique way of describing the essence of a presentation. I call it the emotional transportation business. I believe that that's what we are in every time we give a presentation. We'll learn Mickey's two ways of getting your listeners to invest through stories to care about your data. And we'll take that even further when she explains how to tell your company's origin story to create culture. Stories create brand, which create culture. Those things are highly interconnected. And if people are working in a place that where, where they have no idea where the, how it started, where the owner came from, where the idea came from, you don't really have that culture. We'll start talking business now with Mickey Williams right after this message from our sponsor, Interobang Solutions. to position your company as an industry thought leader, increase engagement, and build credibility with prospects and clients, establish your influence as a trusted resource, Interobang Solutions offers full-service writing and publishing solutions that deliver your company's messages with a bang. You can count on us to provide turnkey solutions that support your existing marketing and communication staff or act as your full-service outsourced partner. Interobang Solutions, providing custom writing, editing, and publishing solutions. Call 913-676-7272 or visit www.interobangsolutions.com. That's 913-676-7272 or www.interobangsolutions.com. business now with Mickey Williams, the owner of Mickey Williams Unlimited. She's a Hall of Fame professional speaker, a TEDx speaker, an executive speech coach, and a Vistage resource speaker and master chair. In this episode of Talking Business Now, Mickey talks with us about how to gain a competitive advantage for your business through the art and heart of storytelling, or as she says, speak loudly and carry a big shtick. Welcome, Mickey. Hi, Kelly. How are you doing today? I'm great. Really eager to talk with you about storytelling because I think some people might hear that term storytelling and think, what are we doing? Sitting around having a cup of coffee? You know, our clients want us to get right to the point. You know, what's the point of storytelling? How would you address that? Oh, we're way past the campfires and the s'mores. (laughs) And we're into some science behind the fact that this is 
uh, very important. Cultural anthropology and neuroscience have affirmed that our brain gets lighted up when we tell stories in areas that it does not when we just dump data on people. So storytelling has come into its own based on science, not just based on, on fluff or theory that uh, people think it's a fun way to do. It's a, it's a fact. When you talk about science, what is some of the science that supports storytelling? Uh, well, the two I referred to, neuroscience and cultural anthropology, you know, they've actually hooked up electrodes to people's brains and they see, you know, and they're, in layman's terminology, the part of the brain that lights up where we take in things, we remember things. You know, for years we were left brain, right brain. We divided into those two camps and, you know, you were the analytical and I was the blue sky creative. And, and all of a sudden, you know, what we've been wired for since the caveman days has come back into fruition based on science. And we know now that this is the way people remember things. And I call it the emotional transportation business. I believe that that's what we are in every time we give a presentation. So you give people, you, you present your data, but people don't really realize that they're, they're actually uh, transfixed with what you're saying. And so they remember the data in the form of a story. Well, there's two ways to do it. You know, I like to say, invest me through story to care about your data. Mm -hmm. So either the story comes first and the data is afterwards, because, and I'll give you an example of that, Kelly, or the data is embedded in the story. So the first example is a speaker talking about, uh, an economist talking about the recession and all the details that economists would usually provide with us. But he started first with the daughter about his, uh, a story about his daughter buying her first home. And what happens when we tell stories is we put ourselves in other people's stories through our own experiences, through our own lens. So that's what I mean. We're all invested in his story. We're thinking, oh, I'm going to buy a first home. Oh, my kid just bought one. Oh, my kid's going to buy one. Oh, I had a terrible time when I bought mine. We're just all in the story. And now all of a sudden the data that he's going to present is relevant to us. By itself, it wasn't. And the other way around is one of my signature stories is about it um, when I walked uh, for the Avon Breastwalk, a volunteer activity, and all my data was embedded in it, the color of the T-shirts, how long I walked, well, uh, how many people participated. And I usually test my audience when I finish and ask them, and they all remember all that data because it was embedded in the story. So those are the two ways that I really coach people to give their presentations. Let's talk about how you do it then. We have listeners who are business owners who are upper management and they, they may say oh, I don't even know where to begin to tell story how would you coach them on that so what I do is basically draw an arc if you picture if I was drawing a little mountain kind of thing and I, a lot of people would know it as the hero's journey at the start of that little mountain is the protagonist the person that the story is about and then as it gets interesting you're reaching a peak and at that peak something happens an event a change a dynamic which just put and this is the way movies are made as well and that twists the whole story and now you're staying engaged because you want to know what happens as a result of that and that's the simplest way i can define a story and of course you can have lots of little mountains around the way if you think of the tv show this is us there's story upon story upon story but basically a story starts it's about someone Something happens, 
and we get a resolution or an aha. That's a very basic way to say that's how we tell the story. So it's very anecdotal, it sounds like, that when you're giving uh, maybe an extended anecdote that's going to reel people in, would that be fair to say? Yeah, no, an anecdote is a version of a story. It's a short story. And, you know, people often say, well, how long is the story? Well, it depends. (laughs) If I had to give you an average, I'd say three minutes. But I have stories that are 11 minutes. And I heard a speaker do a 90-minute story, one story for 90 minutes. And it was captivating. So uh, stories don't have to have a certain length. They just have to follow that path. You know, I'm sure, Kelly, you've listened to people telling you a story and you're bored to tears. (laughs) This is going nowhere. And you're like thinking, okay, where's this going? Well, that's why I said picture that mountain, that story, that protagonist, something is moving them towards something. And it's interesting. And you're with them because, again, you're relying on your reaction to their experiences from your own lens. And then that thing that happens is what the whole crux of the movie, the story of the speech is all about. And then you stay with it because you want to find out what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things that is very popular right now. You said you talked about Googling storytelling. And for business owners in particular, uh, the origin story, work in how you started the company and work in your values and philosophies through that origin story. Is that is that a, a good uh, tactic to use? The, the oh, story? Kelly, you hit that one on the head. Absolutely. Because stories create brand, which create culture. Those things are highly interconnected. And if people are working in a place that where, where they have no idea where the how it started, where the owner came from, where the idea came from, you don't really have that culture. You know, I took all my, I'm a Vistage chair, and I took all my CEOs out to Las Vegas last month, and we had a customized day of training at Zappos, which is one of the premier places for story and culture and brand. And you could actually see it, you know, a living culture. And I think a lot of times executives or owners of companies don't connect the story with the brand, with the culture. And brand and culture are two major buzzwords in business today. Absolutely. You hit on something really important, too. Sometimes when you think of story, we think of our external customers, our external stakeholders. But internally people, the, your, your staff, your employees, your associates, they all have to know that story too and know what they're working for. Yeah, you know, I would, in two weeks I'm going to be teaching at Kellogg uh, in Chicago and teaching pre-med, pre-law, pre-IT, pre-something else, how to pitch investors. And I'm doing it through storytelling because standing up and telling people about your new product or service no longer works for us. Uh, again, it goes back to the experience I've had. I'm so passionate about storytelling. And people, you know, come to my speaker school, and it's so interesting. On day one, uh, people say, I have no stories, which makes me laugh, because the day you're born is a story, and you get stories every day, every minute. And I used to talk about an anecdote, Kelly, a very short example, how it was uh, arrived from my National Speakers Association. I was about to go on to deliver this very speech, The Art and Heart of Storytelling. When I checked in and ran to my room to drop my luggage, and I had a horrible room. So I ran back to the front desk, and I found the guy behind the front desk, and I said, oh, sir, please, I've got to change rooms. I'm going to be here for a week. I can't stay there, and I've got to go give this speech. And he was very kind. He said, oh, no, I'm so sorry, ma'am. We are full. And I kept bugging and bugging, and finally I got him to look at the computer. And I noticed his name was on his name badge, and it was like uh, Bavesh. And I said, Bavesh, where are you from? And he's looking at the computer, shaking his head like, no, no. He says, I'm from Pakistan, ma'am. I said, that's such an interesting name, Bavesh. Does it mean anything? He said, yes, it means bearer of good news. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so he looked up at me. I looked at him. We locked eyes. We laughed. I got a new room, and I ran down to give the speech, and I opened with that little anecdote, which had happened five minutes before, just to prove to everybody that we have stories that come to us all day long in our work, in our businesses with our kids. They could be three-minute anecdotes, or they could be an hour-and-a-half story. Right. And once once you start opening yourself up to listening to those moments, then you, I think you probably, uh, they become obvious to you. But if you're just rushing through your business day or your life or whatever, you don't even, it's the whole stop to smell the roses thing. You know, you don't even notice that they're happening. And I, I think probably uh, the worst case scenario is if you don't create your own story or, or tell your own story, others are going to create it for you. Yeah, I know that's very astute, Kelly. It's exactly what happens. We all have stories and they all can be twisted a little bit. I don't know if twisted is the right word to say they can all make a point. They can all be a vehicle. That's why I call it the emotional transportation business. You know, in the old days, there was a saying people buy on emotion and rationalize on logic. And that still applies today. When you're selling something, whether it's a product, a service, or even an idea, you've got to make people emotionally involved with it. Because if you try to talk me into it logically, then I can argue with you in my head. I can think, oh, no, Kelly, I read an article. Someone else told me something like that. It's so easy to argue with how someone thinks, but you can never argue with how someone feels. And that's why this whole concept of emotional transportation business, using story as the vehicle to make your point, is so profound today. You said that you fell in love with storytelling a long time ago. Let's talk about your story a little bit. How did you get involved in storytelling and and doing what you do? You know, I guess I was one of those natural storytellers that I didn't know. It's kind of like I say, I was an accidental brand. I created a brand when they didn't have a term branding. I just didn't know. I happened to just, I think one of my gifts is I pay attention to what happens. Mm -hmm. And so becoming the brand was I just kind of exploited what I saw people were talking about and then created a brand. And it was the same thing with storytelling. When I started in professional speaking, it wasn't that I had so much of my business background to take me where I was going with speaking, but I had a lot of personal stories. And through the fact that I I was comfortable on stage and I knew how to deliver them, so I basically started telling stories 30 years ago when nobody's doing that. And that's the, you know, the foundation of how I built my success as a professional speaker. So I was always a storyteller. And I didn't realize it then as I do now when it's a very deliberate science. And, and now I can teach people what I knew instinctively and, of course, have honed my skills over the years through my speaking profession. But that's how far back it goes. I was just a storyteller. If somebody goes out to your website, you have some very fun things. You've got a speaker school. You've got a keynote camp spelled with a K. And you've got my favorite of all. You've got the Mickey Mouth Club. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about those yeah, you know, it was interesting. As a professional speaker, I, I, I that's all I really did. And then I started speaker school about 20 years ago. As I said, I've been speaking 30 years. And 20 years ago, when I was in the fitness industry, I was doing speaker schools for fitness professionals. When I left that industry to become a full-time speaker, I started offering speaker schools for just anybody who would come. And now my speaker schools are mostly uh, executives because that's really the space that I, I do most of my work in. And every other service that you just named, Kelly, just came. And, you know, I'm the classic entrepreneur. See a need, fill it. Mm-hmm. So after speaker school, somebody said, you know, I've done speaker school and it's great, but now I, I'd love some coaching on how to use it. Okay, so then came speaker source. And then somebody else said, you know, I, I don't have a lot of time to devote to this. Do you have any year-long programs? And then came Accountability Academy. 
And then someone said, well, I've done all these other things, and I still don't have a speech. Could you write a speech for me? And then came keynote camp. And then finally somebody said, do you ever book the people that you that you coach? And that came outrageous orators. And then all of a sudden there were so many of them. I'm really big on putting things together. I said they needed an umbrella. So the umbrella became the Mickey Mouse Club that I didn't even think of. One of my clients did one day <laughs> wrote great. that to me. And I went, bingo, there it is. You know, it's kind of the same thing I tell people when they say, what do you speak on? I could say I speak on, uh, you know, storytelling and speech and disc profiles and leadership. And I do speak on a lot of subjects, but I learned early on, if you asked me what I speak on, I'd say business dynamics and human potential. So I believe in the umbrella topic. And so the Mickey Mouse Club became an umbrella for all the different divisions of speaking that I coach or teach or perform. Yeah. And I love the alliteration in all of the, the programs that you were throwing yes. out there. I mean, that, that's that was noticing. Yeah, that was, and, and you know what? It wasn't a stretch. So often when people try for <laughs> assonance or alliteration, it you really come on. But no, those all work. Those are great. If you could leave our listeners today with one to do to go back to their office and and get this ball rolling with storytelling what's the first thing you'd tell them to do oh my gosh there's so many in there but there are ones that pop right into my head i'm teaching when i'm speaking to a lot of the executives i tell them to develop something in their culture called story share where whether they do it weekly or monthly and whether they do meetings with everybody or just management, however their internal structure works, to start creating this thing called story share, where at least one person every meeting will share a story. And one of the benefits of that is a lot of people in a company don't know the other stories. And lots of times the salespeople, for example, have great stories and the other departments don't know it or even the salespeople don't know each other's stories, so they can't all use it. And this way you just get a wealth, a cadre of, of stories that everybody has. You know, everybody should know the company story, so I always believe the executive should model what they're asking other people to do and then get a culture of story share. That's a, that's a great and easy to, way to get this started. You can easily yep. do that. If someone were more interested about the other things that you do, some of the things that you mentioned today, where's the best place to go? Is it the website? Yeah, absolutely. It's just MickeyWilliams.com, and it's all there. And it's a lot, because obviously I said I do a lot, but they're all in the realm of, you know, I, way past the shiny object syndrome, Kelly. I learned that early years as an entrepreneur. So everything I do is really related or designed to build on. And people can do things as a one-off, I'll never see them again, or they can keep building for those who want to for whatever their own objectives are. So yeah, it's all on the website. Yeah, very practical tools out there. MickeyWilliams.com, and Mickey is M-I-K-K. I, MickeyWilliams.com. Last thing I do, a, a monthly newsletter called Hair She Is, and it's just kind of a, a great newsletter. It's very different. I'm not selling anything. It's magazine format. You can go look at my favorite shoes or read a recipe or look at the business column or a book review, and uh, you can sign up for it on my website, too, in case anyone's interested. Okay. Hair for now, MickeyWilliams.com. Go sign up. <laughs> Thanks for All joining right. us uh, today. We've appreciated it, and we also appreciate the support of our sponsor, Intero Bay solutions providing writing editing and publishing services give them a call at 913-676-7272 or visit interobangsolutions.com and thank you for tuning in today please be sure to join us for the next episode of talking business now
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.